Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In this episode, we talk about why smoking is easier than working out. And no, addiction is not the only answer. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps Big Change. To another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, I want to talk about why smoking or really any negative habit is easier to pick up, why it's easier to build and add to your life than something like working out or something that is healthy for you. And this is, of course, addiction plays a role, but I think the answer here is going to shock you a little bit. And I think it might help change the way you think about the habits that you're building and the reasons why you're struggling with those negative habits that you have and why you're struggling to maintain the positive habits that you're trying to build. So this should be a super good episode. Now, before we jump into that, as an immigrant to the United States, the right to vote is incredibly important to me. And as citizens, it's our chance to have our voices heard and have some say in the direction this country goes. The right to free and fair elections is the reason that the U.S. became the powerhouse that we are. And even though things in the country may feel a bit perilous right now on all sides, the right to share our voices is the thing that will get us where we we need to go. This year, more than 160 million projected voters cast their ballot, shattering records. We want to know what motivated you to participate in an election that'll help us deliver a democracy where we all can thrive. We've heard from first-time voters, those who stood in line for hours, and those who were moved to tears knowing how important their vote was. If you or someone you know had trouble voting, or if there's any other experience you'd like to share, let your story be heard now. Visit andstillivote.org slash your dash story dash matters to join the fight for voting voting rights today. That's andstillivote.org slash your-story-matters to join the fight and share your voice today. This ad was paid for by the Leadership Conference Education Fund. So here's the thing. We all know the right things to do. Like if you want to lose weight, you've got to eat better and exercise. If you want to get out of debt, you've got to live below your means and save your money. If you want to improve your relationship, you've got to create lines of open communication with each other. We all sort of have the ideas of what the right things to do are. If you have a goal for your life, you're also probably fully aware of how to accomplish it. And even if you aren't 100% positive on the exact formula, you at least know what direction to go in. And even more, let's pretend just for a moment that you have a goal and have absolutely no idea at all how to accomplish it, like no clue where to start. There are plenty of resources like this podcast, Google, Pinterest, or any number of books to help you figure that out. 
My point is that we have absolutely no problem figuring out what to do to make progress. The knowledge isn't the issue. But as you probably know, having knowledge isn't enough to actually do the thing. Just knowing that you should do something doesn't do very much to drive real action in that direction. Having the knowledge is a great way to start, and it may make you feel productive at first, but it doesn't often lead to the kind of consistent behavior change required to see results. I've often talked on this show about how critical it is to utilize the power of habitual behavior and routines to create change. I've talked about why willpower isn't enough to create change and how it will eventually fail you. But even using the power of habit isn't quite enough because our brains don't distinguish between a good or bad habit. It has no idea if the thing it's reinforcing is good for you or not. It just does its thing. All of this to say one thing. It's significantly easier to start smoking than it is to work out. And really, you can swap out smoking for any inherently bad habit or behavior. It's significantly easier to do harm to ourselves in the long term than it is to do something good for ourselves in the long term. And we see this all the time in our behavior, from choosing to have candy over fruit, choosing to eat a big bowl of pasta over a big bowl of salad, choosing to spend money on something frivolous rather than save it. It's significantly easier to do the thing that hurts you. Why is that? Well, the answer is simple, really. It's because it feels better. That's it. It feels better. Let's dig into it. Researchers over the years have come up with a reliable theory on how habits are formed. We've discussed this in past episodes, but as a bit of a refresher, a habit requires three things in order to be created. First, it needs a trigger. This is the external thing that your behavior is responding to. Second, it needs a behavior. This is the core activity of the habit. And finally, it needs some kind of reward. Once the trigger happens, if we take the behavior, our brains use a process called myelination to reinforce the circuitry responsible. This allows the response to the initial trigger to become much faster. And essentially what we're doing here is we become more efficient in order to use less energy the next time. It's actually a really great system. Do that enough times and you'll have a strong enough link between the trigger and the behavior that a habit is born. With that said... If there's no reward after the behavior, or at least there's no perception of a reward, we won't keep doing it. If you don't keep doing it, then that pathway doesn't get reinforced as much and a habit is not created. Now, of course, this is drastically simplified. Like This is by no means a PhD level explanation of how all of this works. I'm no neuroscientist, so I really can't speak to the variables that are present in this process or how it might change based on situation or, or anything like that. But even this simplified version of the process has value for our purposes. If we consider the need for a reward in the development of a habit, then we can start to understand why it's so difficult to go to the gym, save money, or any other good habit you may want to build. The answer lies in this question. How soon does a reward need to occur in order for it to be linked to the trigger and behavior? If a trigger occurs, we take a certain behavior and are immediately met with some perception of reward, then things become easy. But if a trigger occurs, we take a certain behavior and the reward doesn't come for weeks or even months, it's significantly harder to link. We have no idea whether or not that reward was actually tied to the behaviors that we took. This is the fundamental difference between good habits and bad habits. A bad habit, like eating candy or smoking, is created in the same way as a good one, but the timing for the reward is opposite. 
Bad habits tend to have wonderful upfront rewards. You take a puff of that cigarette and you feel good. You eat the candy and you delight in the sweetness of it. You make that purchase and you get excited about that new item. It's only after some period of time that the negatives of those habits show themselves. If you took a puff of a cigarette and immediately got lung cancer, you probably wouldn't do it. But the reward is presented to you immediately while the pain is delayed. The negatives of a bad habit comes later and the positives of a bad habit come immediately. So you link that trigger behavior reward effectively. Meanwhile, Going to the gym, saving money, avoiding dessert, these are all good habits. These are things that over time will create good things in your life. But they present you with the pain immediately and the reward is delayed. You can't go to the gym once and immediately get in shape. You can't avoid one purchase and immediately have all the money you need for that thing you've always wanted. However, when you go to the gym, you often come home in pain. You're sore, you're tired, you maybe don't feel like it was worth it, maybe you felt stupid. You come home dealing with the pains of going through that process. When you avoid making a purchase, you have to sit and think about not having that product, not having that thing that you so badly wanted in that moment. The pain of good decisions is immediate, and the reward of good decisions is delayed. That makes it nearly impossible to link the trigger to the behavior to the reward because that reward doesn't come for three to four months. I believe this dynamic, this way of thinking about our good habits and our bad habits is why we find it so difficult to consistently take action on the things we know we should be doing. So what can we do about it? Honestly, this is a difficult question to answer. There's no way to get results from the gym faster. There's no way to reduce the pleasures of engaging in bad habits. Since we can't change this dynamic between good habits and bad habits, there's really only one thing we can do. We have to accept that building good habits is going to suck. Like seriously suck. Because all of the pain is front-loaded. It sucks for a reason. Your brain wants there to be a clear reward from that activity. It wants to create that link. That's how it tricks you into doing it. Now, if you work out for long enough, you're going to start to feel that reward. You're going to start to see that reward in your body. The neurochemicals that release into your brain are going to feel amazing. But you've got to make it to that point before you can take advantage of it. Your job is to prepare for the suck Accept the suck. Embrace the suck. Find other ways to reward yourself. Things like being proud of yourself for doing it. Setting smaller goals that you can easily accomplish along the way. Having a group that you do it with. All of these things are ways to create rewards for yourself. It's ways to reinforce the trigger behavior reward system without actually being able to take advantage of the reward directly from the behavior. Eventually, you'll be able to just do the thing and get the rewards from it naturally. Eventually, when you go out for a run, it's going to feel great. But until then, you need to stick around because otherwise, you'll never be able to experience the reward that comes with building good habits. Embracing the fact that the activity goes against everything your brain needs in order to create a strong habit, recognizing that and choosing to create your own rewards is a fantastic way to help yourself get there. So I hope this was helpful. Again, there's no one solution here. The goal of this episode was just to help you recognize why we find it so difficult to do good things and why it's so, so simple to do the things that hurt us. 
I hope this was helpful. Be sure to click subscribe wherever you are tuning in today. I encourage you to check out today's sponsor, Civil Rights. Just head over to instillivote.org and share your thoughts on this year's election. Thank you again for tuning in. I've been Greg Clunas. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Every day.